Today I'm going to tell you an important story, so please listen carefully. When I grew up as a child, I would spend my summer holidays in Tunisia. And every summer, I would have loads of fun. And I would have one cousin who would be my favorite cousin who I would always spend time with. And we would play football in raggedy-ass t-shirts, eat ice cream all day, make noise, hassle, hassle people, but in a fun way. And his father was a, had a patisserie and he would give me endless amount of ice cream as much as I wanted. Then one day, his father dies, suddenly passes away from a tumor in his brain, in his head. And this came as a big shock to my cousin, who was at the time 12, 13, 14 years old. It was a big shock. It really impacted him. Then as I went back to Belgium, without me knowing, he started changing. And I, I didn't see it in the beginning. It, it was small. I, I couldn't see it. He, he reached out. And by the next year, when I would come back, he would ask me to buy a Levi's jeans, an expensive one. And I would buy it with the last money I got because I didn't have much money at that time. I would come and bring it and I would ask for my money. And he says, oh, I'll give it to you uh, soon. One week goes by, two weeks go by, I ask for my money. He doesn't give it to me. The whole summer holiday goes by, ask for my money. He says, oh, I don't have it right now. I'll give it to you next year. And that really hurt me because he was my favorite cousin. So I waited till next year, I asked for my money. He still didn't have my money next year. I was sad. This was the guy who was my favorite go-to cousin when I would go to Tunisia. And now he's ripping me off. He's scheming me for some pants. He changed. He became... His soul got darkened because he lost his father. And he changed. He became, he became more of a thug. And I didn't really have contact with him ever since that incident. So now, 15 years later, I'm back in Tunisia. I'm hanging out with my family. Uh, I don't reach out to him, although he knows I'm in the country. And while I'm here, his mother gets diagnosed with corona. And after two months of me being here, I hear that she passed away which was a huge shock for the whole family. And I went to the funeral and I saw him and he was flabbergasted because he didn't think I would come to the funeral. But obviously I loved his aunt so much. He was, she would always take care of me during the summer holidays. I was always staring at their place. So it was out of respect that I came and he was touched that I was there. And I don't know why, but something told me to reach out to him after the funeral to reconnect because it was something that happened 15 years ago. It was actually still hurting me. Or I could feel there was some type of tension in my stomach when I thought about it. But something also told me to give him a second chance and that he was probably in a lot of pain. I could feel in his energy that he wanted to reconnect. So I called him and we meet and I'm just going to feel out how everything's going with him. And when I asked him, he brought us to a nice place. I asked him, how, what has he been doing the last years? He's been saying, well, you know, he's been trying to make money. He was trying to do it through illegal ways. He was taking drugs here and there. He was 
sleeping with a lot of women, and you could see that he was in pain. And now that his mother died, I don't know how he was going to deal with that. And all I could do was just listen to him. So I thought maybe I'll give him a listening ear. So he went through all his anger and his rage and his hate and his sadness. And I listened. And then as we left, I felt so sad. Because here we are, two men. When when we grew up, we were two kids with the same energy, with the same values, and we both had great potential. But we turned out so different at the end. Because of pain, because of things that are happening to us throughout life. And isn't it interesting how things happen and people change? I was thinking back how he told me during our conversation, this whole time I was struggling to find my identity. These last 10, 15 years, I was trying to figure out who I am, who I'm supposed to be with. And when my mother hit the hospital, I realized that my place was next to her. And then two months later, she passed away. And this pain, 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 which is inevitable in life. It can do two things to you. It can either make you darker. You can take it on and you can become a mis- lose your trust in the world. Or it can be a revelation and it can reveal something to you. In the words of my mentor, John Richards, who inspired me to do this podcast. And you know that old, that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Watch out with that saying. Because what doesn't kill you can make you stronger. It can make you better. But if you don't deal with your pain correctly, it can make you bitter. And my cousin, he didn't have the tools at that time. He didn't know how to deal with all that pain. And if you have this type of pain, most people, what, would, what do we want to do when we feel pain like that? We want to escape it. We want to go away from it. We don't want to deal with it. Any type of way that we can forget through alcohol, through drugs, to some love from somebody else, temporary love from another partner, through hard work, through extreme sports, just to avoid all that pain that we had to suffer through. When the solution is actually to not avoid it, to deal with it, to face it head on, to feel it, to be with it, to attack it. Because only when you move through that pain, that's when you become better. That's when you grow stronger. That's when you can learn something. That's when you can be of better service to the world. But when the pain happens to you and you don't take the time to move through the tunnel and you stay stuck before you're out and get better, that's when you become bitter. And I want to leave today with a message that watch out with your pain, watch out with becoming bitter because there is nobody, nobody, nobody who has any benefit of you staying bitter. 
I'd like you to think about the things that you still feel angry about, you still feel sad about. Because if that is causing you to be a certain way, if you think that is darkening your soul, and it probably even if you wouldn't agree with me or you wouldn't consciously accept it or allow to believe that it will darken your soul, I can tell you it does. When I had was working my ass off in London, all up until the suicidal thoughts, I didn't know that my father not being there for me was darkening my soul. It was only once I became aware of it, worked through it, that I was able to become better from that, to learn from it, and then to be of service to others when I see that same wound, the father wound. So if you have pain, what really helped for me with my father when I was moving through it was to write a letter and attack the pain, face the pain. For my father, it was to write directly on how he wasn't there for me how I needed him, what type of father I needed him, and to be honest about his shortcomings and judge him. If you lost a parent, it can be writing a farewell letter. Whatever the letter is, we're trying to figure out what is the pain that you're dealing with, and instead of avoiding it, just attacking it head-on, finding it and feeling it and going through it. And then you won't be killed, you will become better. But please, don't become bitter.